0: there's nothing there. You're just free. Amen. There's nothing like it. Amen. Boy, I felt the Holy Ghost all day today. I'm telling you all day today. I'm telling you it's been real today. It was real this morning, wasn't it? And I'm still feeding off of that this morning. Amen of a time, my wife and I was in a revival, and uh, Brother Riggins was talking about kind of some hard times, and Brother Riggins, we only had enough money to buy a hamburger apiece for the whole week, and uh, it was only cheeseburgers, those 99-cent cheeseburgers, and uh, (laughs) but I'm telling you, even after I paid my tithe, and when I got my check, praise the Lord. There still wasn't enough money to go around to take care of everything, but God always comes on the scene. I said, he always comes on the scene. You know, my wife was so worried when she had her job and I was so happy when she quit her job because she was about to wear me out from city to city. Sunday night, we'd make a mad dash back to the house, and it was tough. And uh, she said, I think I'm gonna put my two week notice in in December. And I said, No, you could go ahead and do it tomorrow. I said, Because it's gonna be the same in December as it is right now. And what it was, she was just a little worried about the money. And I said, Honey. He's taking care of us thus far, and he's going to continue to take care of us. And you know what? We never miss that money. Did we, sis? We never miss that money. God's such a good God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I've been stirred all day today, and um, I was stirred this morning. The Lord had spoke to me this morning while service was going on, and I'm going to preach what I felt like he was speaking into my spirit. If you have a Bible, i ask you to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 69, verse 8 and 9. Psalms 69, 8 and 9. I just want to be more like my Jesus. Man, as the days are approaching. I said, as the days are approaching. The Bible says, I have become a stranger unto my brethren. And an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. And reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. In John 2.17 it says, And the disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house had eaten me up. O oh, sweet God, thank you tonight for what you've already done. You've been here in such a mighty way all day today, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're fisting to do in these next few minutes so I do feel your anointing today. We praise and thank you. Put your Bibles down and praise Him one more time. Oh, come on, somebody. Praise him, will you? Give him all the glory it's due right now. He's worthy to be praised. Yes, he is. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. I'd like to preach tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost a few minutes, however long the Lord allows. Do you really have a passion for Jesus? Do you really have a passion for Jesus? Zeal just simply means a enthusiastic devotion towards a cause, an ideal, or a goal, or tireless diligence in its furtherance. Amen. Interchangeable word is passion, which is a fervent love, a strong desire, and abandoned emotion. What causes men to sacrifice is their jobs and their homes and their lives, their very existence to pursue what would consider unimportant pursue? Was it money? Is it fame? Is it material possessions? The presence of a gun to their heads? Know what motivates a man to be pure is passion, a zeal for the cause. Come on, I said a zeal for the cause. Does anybody have a real passion for Jesus tonight? Oh you know what passion does? It separates the men from the boys. And the, Hello? And the women from the girls, prayers from the players, intercessors for the interferers, contenders for the pretenders, Com- woo! complimenters for the complainers, supporters for the reporters. Having to consistently, oh, con, consent, oh, always, always broadcasting the wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with the church. I said, There's nothing wrong with the church. Come on, it's you and I, uh, the passion we have uh, for Jesus. You know what's missing in our churches here at Late? Passion. Passion. It's the thing, the very thing. It's what we must acquire. Come on, let us pray once more. Praise God. Come on, let's pray one more time tonight. Let's pray that the Pentecostal fire will consume us tonight God let your fire consume us God give us a passion for your work Uh, give us a passion for you Uh, give us a passion uh, to be more like you Jesus Jesus passion's what I want passion passions what separated Mary and Martha Martha was more worried about the setting but Mary was only worried about setting at Jesus feet come on I want to be there at his feet did you know friend of mine when you get what's in his hand that's all there is but when you get at his feet everything is there we're not the fishes and loaves people Martha had a passion for the work of God. But Mary had a passion for the God of the work. Demas and Timothy. Demas forsook Paul when the lure of the world became too strong. But Timothy said, I call to remember your unfriend's faith. You think about Cain and Abel. Cain tried to slide by with a half-hearted sacrifice. You ever notice sometimes how we just kind of slide into church with our half hearted sacrifice? You ever notice how we just kind of come in and give God a half hearted sacrifice and uh, we'll reach in our pocket, we'll throw the chains out there and say, Well, God, that's all really I have to give. Uh, but what sacrifice did we give? What have we really given to God? Uh, listen, God's looking for everything. Uh, you know what God really wants? Uh, God wants all of you. I said, He wants all of you uh, that's what God's looking for uh, he's looking for all of you uh, come on nothing more nothing less uh, just you Oh Abel was willing to shed the blood and worship I tell you this when you have a passion for Jesus you'll be willing to lay on the altar. Come on, I said, you'll be willing to lay on the altar anything that's trying to distract you from God. You will willingly come down and say, God, I've got to lay this down on the altar. This has been getting between me and you, and my passion's not where it used to be, God. Uh, but God, I know you're working on me because I know something's going on, uh, because I'm willing to lay this down at the altar. Uh, are we willing to lay anything down tonight? Uh, are we willing to lay anything down tonight? And say, God, uh, I've got to have a real passion. Uh, I've got to have a real passion for this, God. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. A real passion. Come on, a real passion. A real passion tonight. Come on, a real passion about furthering the kingdom of heaven. Come on, not just coming in and going out, but a passion for what God wants us to do. Come on, I want to be more passionate about what God has for me to do. Come on, he's got so much work for us to do right now. Friend of mine, I said he's got so much work for us to do right now. And if we'd get passionate about what God wants to do, uh, we'd be a lot more happier on the inside. Uh, Come on, we wouldn't be so sad and down and out. Uh, But if we'd just get a passion uh, for Jesus today. And I think about the rich young ruler and the disciples. When this young boy left sorrowful, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, will you go also? To which they replied, Lord, where will we go? Where would, what would we do without Jesus today, church? Where would we be today without Jesus? I said, where would we be today without him? I'm afraid to even think where I would be at today, Brother Riggin, without my Jesus, without him coming on the scene, friend of mine. I wasn't looking for him, but he was looking for me. And all oh, friend, when he entered into my life, uh, praise God, when I was baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins, uh, and he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the of speaking in other tongues. Uh, come on, the real tongue, uh, the real Holy Ghost, uh, everything changed Uh, everything stayed in the baptismal tank Uh, all the habits uh, all the desires uh. oh come on somebody I begin to get a passion I have a passion I have a passion to see people filled with the Holy Ghost I have a passion to see people that's bound by addictions to be set free. I have such a passion for that. Praise the Lord. I could look at somebody on the street and I could see that they're bound because I know where they're at. I know what that life's all about. And And I begin to cry sometimes. And my wife asked me before, she said, why are you crying? I said, I'm just looking at that poor lady right there. And I know exactly where she's at. It breaks my heart when I see those people. Breaks my heart when I see those people. Praise the Lord. Come on, it's time that we sell out. It's time that we sell out. Do you hear what I'm saying? You think about Judas and Peter. Where old Judas never found a place to repent. But old Peter repented. And he preached the message of salvation. Uh, The successful story. are separated from failures. Not by perfection. uh, Or pedigree. Or talent. Or wealth. Or status. But by passion. Passion that kept them at the feet of Jesus. When they were a million other flee, they had a million other places to go. Why do Christians lack zeal? Why do we? Why do I have the passion? Not have the passion that I need or ought to have? Because we allow something precious to become familiar. We it becomes ordinary, everyday, common. Marriages that's gone dry is because of both couples have allowed the preciousness of the relationship to lapse. The greatest weapon the enemy uses against our relationship is tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll take the kids to the park. Tomorrow I'll take my wife out on a date. Tomorrow I'll take the son fishing. Come on somebody. Tomorrow I'll go back to church. Tomorrow I'll live for God. Tomorrow I'll get serious about my salvation. Today, right now, is the time to get serious and passionate about Jesus. You know what really bothers me? We take... For granted that there will be a tomorrow. Let me ask you a question tonight, because the Bible says He's coming back like a thief in the night, and He's gonna catch so many people off guard. Let me ask ask you tonight: Are you safe? Will you make it? Will you really make it? Is everything is a slate cleared? Is your conscience clear? Because the thing that's going to haunt you the worst is going to be your conscience because it's going to be alive. And I'll tell you why. Because the rich man, he looked up and he could remember everything. That's going to be a curse to you. I said, that'll be a curse to you if you're not ready when Jesus comes back. If you've not been born again by the water and the spirit, like he said in the book of John, in other words, if you've not repented of your sins and been baptized into the precious name of Jesus and received the real Holy Ghost, you're not going to be able to make it, the Bible says. And a lot of people is going to let their attitudes. Did you know that we're going to be judged for what we were supposed to do that we didn't do? Are we really Ready? Are we really passionate tonight? I said, are we really passionate tonight? I'm so passionate about my Jesus coming back. Come on, somebody. Tomorrow. Praise God, we take for granted there'll be a tomorrow that the church will always be here. That the altar of repentance and the fire will always be here, but we cannot lose our passion. We all, we all are looking for the need of of approval. Ever like everybody, we all want to be loved, and we want to be needed. We want to be accepted by others. Yes, we do. If you want real passion, you need to recognize that while passion draws some people, it will also repel others. The desire for popularity always pours water on the fire of passion for God. Without thinking about it, we turn the fire of passion down and we trade it for the passion of approval. Apathy. The word just simply means without love. People have lost their love. What once caused our hearts to beat faster now barely affects our pulse. You ever notice? Check yourself when you leave this service. And ask yourself when you leave tonight, did God do anything for me? did God change anything about me? Did some of me disappear and some of God appear? All right. All right. You know, when you look in the mirror and that person that looks back at you, sometimes that's your worst enemy. We want to blame it on everybody else, but look in the mirror. Somebody called me the other day whining and complaining and all this and that, and I said, man, have you looked in the mirror today? He said, huh? I said, "If you looked in the mirror today? I said, because that person looking back at you in the mirror is the problem. And he said, I need to go. And I said, well, I figured as much. (laughs) Sometimes the truth hurts, don't it? It does, doesn't it? You know, we fall into these routines and these ruts. And you know what a rut is. It's just a grave with both ends just kicked out. Praise God. You see, we become routine about our faith. I've been preaching about faith, but I've been feeling a lot of rejection. I said, I've been preaching this church about faith, but I felt your rejection. I said, I felt your rejection. And God's just trying to build your faith for all the miraculous things that's going to take place here. God spoke it to me. Not only did he speak it to me, but elder talked about. Come on. Another preacher's wife had a vision God showed her. Had no idea that she even said that. But God spoke to me and said, this church will be known far and wide uh, for what comes out of here uh, and the miracles uh, and the things uh, that's going to take place. uh." But your faith can't be casual. Your faith can't be just routine. you know we've become routine in going to church we don't deny Jesus we just demote him to a common place apathy is not the state of the mind it's the condition of the heart hello y'all okay did you know people is going to affect you? You've heard the expression "birds of a feather flock together." Well, it's the same with people. There's a saying, "You who you hang with." <laughs> I'm not going to hang around somebody that don't have like faith like me. I'm not going to fellowship those folks. I'm not saying nothing about them. I'm just saying I'm not going to hang with them. I need somebody to help me. I want somebody to speak something to me. Somebody sees something. I want them to say something to me. I've got to make it to heaven. And what this is saying, it's telling us to be careful who we spend time with because it will affect our walk with God. You know how sometimes ding a ling ding ding? Especially after a service. Did you hear what old Big Mouse said? <laughs> I wonder who he thinks he is. Or you get that phone call, and when you see that number, you said, No way. I am not answering. I do it all the time. I'll look at my phone, so who's calling, and I said, mm-mm. I got a call today, so as I looked down so it was, I said, I hit the button. It just quit ringing. And I slipped it back in my pocket. Let me tell you why. Because by the time I get off the phone with them, I'm going to feel as bad as them. I'm going to be sick, and I'm not even sick. But by the time they get done with me, I'm going to be just like them. It don't matter if you tell them who Jesus is and he's a healer and everything else and they agree with it, but before you get done, they're saying, but. And when they use the word but, you could just disregard everything you said to them because it just went right out the window. You know, it's like you're talking to somebody and you're having a conversation and all of a sudden they say something not even what you're talking about. They never heard a word you said. Hello, somebody. Somebody. Never heard a word you said. They just throw something out there, and you are saying, <laughs> "What's going on?" You ever met? You ever been in one of them kind of conversations? I have, bunch of times. I'm just thinking, okay, all right, we just kind of, kind of go with the flow, huh? Hello, somebody. Did you know if you take a red hot poker? out of the fire and throw it on the cold concrete floor you know what happens it slowly loses its red glow did you know what happens to us when we take it out of the fire our Holy Ghost fire we become like that poker we begin to lose our glow Holy Ghost people are supposed to have a glow about them supposed to be a sparkle in your eye the light come on now Come on now, that's the truth. You know what happens when we remove ourselves from God's furnace and hang around cold, lifeless places and people? We begin to wax cold. You listen to that thing on the job long enough, man, they'll get you to believe in what they believe. They'll get you just as negative as they are. Sometimes you just got to avoid them. You know, it was a warning that Jesus gave to his disciples. He said, and because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The word wax means to wane gradually. Just gradually. You know, when people backslide, it's a process. It's process. It is. I've seen carnal people shout and run speaking tongues. Just cause you're speaking in tongues don't make you spiritual. <laughs> and we do need to speak in tongues. I'm not downplaying that. We do. Come on now, but we get hung up on tongues. And not even about the relationship with Jesus. It's gonna come if you got your relationship. It's gonna happen. I'm not talking about as soon as you walk in and start speaking in tongues. That's man tongue. That's memorized tongue. That's learned tongue. That's why I ask God to change up my tongue. I do all the time. I say, God, change up my tongue so I know that it's you speaking through me and it's not me. Because your mind is much more better than a computer, any computer ever made. It's much more quicker. Believe it or not. It is. And so you can get into these places where we learn this stuff. We learn our tongue. And before you know it, you're just... And it's really not even God, it's you. You know, the voice of God and man is so similar. We listen to ourselves so many times and not God. Because the voices are so similar. That's why he says, try them, try it. Check it out. Usually when God speaks to me, I check it out several times before I throw something out there. I do. You know, your passion doesn't just go out instantly like a candle flame that's being snuffed out by a strong gust of wind when the wind blows through the open window. It cools gradually. Passion seeps out a little at a time. What happens when passion's lost? Well, you think about the church of Revelations 2, 1 through 7. I think about that church. That church was a serving church. I know thy deeds. This church was a sacrificing church. I know you're a hard-working church. This church was a steadfast church. And he says, I know your perseverance. This church was a sacrificing church. You cannot tolerate wicked men. You have tested those who are apostles and are not. This church was a suffering church. You've persevered and have endured many hardships, but wait a minute. Now, according to the world's view and standard of the church, this church is for the now generation. It was a happening place. It had all the right stuff. What could God possibly see something wrong with this church? It seemed that this church had the fire once, but they let it grow cold and they left their first love. Service is not the same as passion, church. Service is not the same as passion, church. You hear me? It's it's so, it's so possible to serve God without passion. Did you know serving God out of a sense of duty is draining to your spirit? Living for God out of legalism will zap the passion out of your life. Service alone would not produce passion. The word of God repeats over and again the importance of maintaining the spiritual fire. Don't put out the spiritual fire. Come on. Let's not be wet blankets. Let's have a passion about this. Church, I'm telling you, and I felt this when I first got here, That this was your season. This was your time for your revival. But we got to get a passion for this. It's got to get down in our spirits. Praise God. Well, preacher, you know how many times that we've had people come by and say this. I don't care how many times they've come by and said it. I'm not those other people. I said, I'm not those other people. I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling your pastor knows this is his season, his time. He knows it is. And he knows, come on, God's done showed me the open door. But some of us are sent here without a passion for what Jesus wants us to do. This is not, I'm not trying to pat my. But if I could come to this town and not know a soul here except for Brother Riggin and his wife and I could go out and witness and I can pass out, come on, invitations, so can you. You could get a passion for this thing and you could watch this thing double. You could watch this church grow. You could watch this church, come on. My God, you could watch this thing, come on, friend of mine, just blow up where you have to build you another building down the road but it's not going to happen without a passion you know what we need to do tonight we need to ask God to stir the gift up within us tonight God stir that gift come on Stir that gift. Tell God, stir that gift that you've given me. God, you've given me something, but I need you to stir that thing up. God, I've kind of waxed cold a little bit, but you've got to stir this thing, God. every one of us here tonight knows that a fireplace equals a safe place to have a fire. I wouldn't dare start a fire in my house, but I got a fireplace. It's a place where you put logs together and they share each other's heat. I think you missed that. That was so simple you missed it, didn't you? The Bible talks of us being trees. In other words, logs. Logs. Hello, where we enjoy the heat together. Hello, you getting it? We need a place where we can have a passion we can burn brightly, where we can encourage each other. Come on now. Did you know where there's one passion for a flame, it can give another person a passion for a flame? It's quiet, but it's all right. Praise God. It not bother me one little bit. Praise God. I'm telling you, God spoke to me this morning, if you ever spoke to me this morning, about this church having a passion. Man, while your pastor was up here preaching this morning, God was ministering me in so many different areas. Me and my wife went back to the room and we just sat down, man, and just tears. Come on, we both was crying. God spoke to me in so many areas this morning. Then he spoke to me about this church and your passion. And he said, your passion's not where it needs to be. He said, your passion's not where it needs to be. This church is God's gift of a fireplace. We're come on for passionate Christians. He gave you this church as a fireplace, as a safe place to burn. Did you know Christians who are living without passion for Jesus Christ in a world that resists that passion needs a church. Come on, it needs a place where the love, come on, of God is openly expressed. This is just me. If we can worship in song, we can worship in word. If you're only moved by the song, and you're not moved by the word, come on, your passion's not where your passion needs to be. Because the word ought to move you as much as a song moves you. I said the word ought to move you as much as a song moves you. Nobody likes to worship no more than I do. Praise God, I love to worship God. But I want to make sure I'm worshiping. I worship with the preacher this morning. I promise you I did. I backed him all the way. Come on, our passion. Did you know fire changes its surrounding environment? Had a preacher, I was preaching for this, this pastor down in the country and. He probably running about 300 people in his church. He's in the middle of the woods. And he said, Brother Harry, and he said, I had a man. And and I wouldn't have believed this if I hadn't heard He had the recording on the recorder from his church. I got to hear it. And he said, there was an elder gentleman that come every Sunday night. He'd bring his two granddaughters. And he would sit out there in the parking lot. He was a backslider. And he would listen to the preaching. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, the man looked up and he said, there was fire dripping off the eaves of the church. and hitting the ground and splattering. And the man threw his cigarette down and run in the church before he could even get to the altar. He was already speaking in tongues. And the fire marshal lives behind the church and he called over the church and he said, get them out of the church, brother such and such. I know you He said, get them out of the church. He said, the church is on fire. He said, there's flames shooting out the top of the church. You know what it was? They'd done built a fire around them altars. The Holy Ghost was dancing on top of that building that night. Come on, friend of mine. I got to hear that Recording. Wouldn't it be something as they're traveling down the road that see the Holy Ghost dancing on top of this church and the fire department come running in here and when those fire guys come running in here, God fill them with the Holy Ghost because the fire of God was so strong. Come on, we've lost our fire and our zeal and our passion. Somebody's got to determine tonight that passion makes the difference. Somebody's got to say that. Did you know a Christian without passion is like a river without water? I don't want to be in something stale. I want to be in a river because a river's going to empty somewhere. It's got a course. It's running somewhere. It's got a course. Did he not say rivers of living water? Come on, we got a well in us. And that well needs to spring up. Come on, passion will energize your spiritual life. Did you know what passion does? It gives you the additional focus for your life. Did you know without passion for God you're going to live and lead a dull, boring, draining existence. We're not supposed to be boring. We're not supposed to be draining. Come on, we're supposed to be lively stones. Pastor used to tell me all the time, Heron, get them stones out of the baptismal tank." Our baptismal tank—you just walked into it. It was just a just a big, big thing. You walked into and it was already filled up with water. You just walked into it. I'm thinking, man, if I go in there, that means I'm getting soaking wet. Get them rocks. I tell the people, you better start worshipping. It's when the church was losing their passion, Elder. He'd say, get them rocks out. And he had two big old huge stones. And I got them for him when I was in Arkansas because he asked me to pick him up, two big Arkansas rocks. And I did. And I took them back to him and he'd set up one on each side. And he'd say, well, we don't need these no more. And he'd throw them back the baptismal Tank. But when people started losing their passion and their zeal and they would just sit when he would preach and the singing going on and stuff and everybody just said he'd say get them rocks out of there because the rocks are starting to cry there could be some rocks crying out right now I'm not going to let no stone take my place I don't know about you but I got a passion for this thing Never be lazy about the work of God. Serve God with enthusiasm. Passion for God will, peck, oh my God, will protect you from doing wrong things. Did you know your passion to please him will cause you to say no to temptation? Do you hear what I said? I said your passion to please him will cause you to say no to temptation. my My passion for God wants to happen in my life. It causes me to instantly recognize, instantly to recognize any departure from that my passion you got a passion you got to have a passion for all this come on you know fire has to be fed in order to keep it glowing and growing i got this big burn ring in my backyard and always break up sticks and throw them in there for when my grandkids come over so we can do s'mores. <laughs> my grandson, he's the world's worst about wanting to play in the fire. He says, "Papa, don't you think we need to put some more fire on it? Looks like it's kind of going down." And I said, "Well, throw another stick on it." <laughs> Hello. If it's true that people affect how we live and walk, then it's true that if we spend time with people who are passionate about the Lord, it will cause our hearts to grow brighter. You know, Paul reminded his young apprentice, Timothy, about the power of the people to to affect his flame. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, And in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now, lives in you. I'm persuaded. In other words, he said, I know it's living in you. He's persuaded. It's there. Can we say that about us tonight? Boy, I hope I'm helping somebody tonight. Oh, David had 400 men who were in debt. Discontented, discouraged. Sounds like the people of, of today's church, don't it? But you know what? We have to have a, we have to pray. God, I need a passion. Do you know God's fire is a gift? Fan the flames, the gift of God which is in you. Come on. How'd you do that, Timothy? Prayer. Prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant about it. Come on, get a fervency about it. Earnestly, fervent. This speaks passion to me. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna close here in just a few minutes. just like it's once south. But that's okay. God's trying to stir somebody up tonight. Did you know anything worthwhile, any good thought, any good inspiration for a song, for a poem, for music, any concern for people comes from prayer. Prayer that's the number one thing that lots of people lack is prayer. Prayer. I'm not talking about just coming in and saying a bunch of pretty showy words. I'm talking about really getting down and pray among God. Did you know prayer is the key to restoring passion in your life, marriage, even ministry? Oh John Wesley was one that has the secret, and I'm closing. About this ministry he said, I ask God to set me on fire and let people watch me burn. My prayer for this church tonight is to ask God for the Holy Ghost fire to let it burn in your soul and set you on fire for the kingdom of God. That's my prayer for this church tonight. God set us on fire like we've never been set on fire. God give us a passion for this revival. Church, listen to me. Man, God just spoke something to me. God said he's not begging you. He's not going to beg you, church, about the revival he's trying to give you. This is the deal. If you don't want the revival, he'll go down the road to another church. Church. He will. I've been evangelizing 19 years. I've been evangelized in 20 years. I've preached all over the country. And I've never seen a church to have revival unless they had a passion for the revival. And God said, he's not begging you. He's asking you to get on board with him. He could fill the church up without you, but that's not how it's done in the Bible. He said he wants to do it with the people. I wonder what what some of you would do tonight if God had spoke to you and said, just crawl to the altar tonight and I'll rekindle that passion. Some of you wouldn't do it. Too pride, too much pride. Too many people's looking at me, preacher. Who cares who's looking? It's ain't about them, it's about you and God. Amen. What has God spoke to you tonight about your passion? How are you going to rekindle your passion tonight? Come on, I've already did, I did my part. Now the ball's in your court. And you're the one bouncing the ball now, not me. Come on, I've done give my burden to you already. But the ball's in your court. And you're, you're sitting here bouncing your ball tonight. But what are you going to do about your passion that you like tonight? You're going to crawl to the altar. You're going to walk to the altar. You're going to run to the altar. What are you, What are you going to do?